Online sports betting with Iowa's preferred sports book, Elite Sportsbook, is here. Active Resort Club members can log in, fund your account, and place your bets at elitesportsbook.com or visit their casinos to place your bets. Not a member? Visit Riverside Casino and Golf Resort in Riverside, Rhythm City Casino Resort in Davenport, or Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, all in the state of Iowa. I'm Mike Loss of the Cedar Rapids Gazette, and you're listening to the first episode of, I almost hate to say this, but the Holostradamus Odds Pod. It's a kooky name for a podcast, but I swear all the good names were taken. Uh, we are going to talk about the college football games of the week, starting with Iowa's and Iowa State's. We'll make a few picks. We'll remind you not to take our picks the slightest bit seriously if and when you make your own. And, you know, this is basically for fun, okay? So later in this podcast, we'll have a phone interview with somebody who spent 25 years with MGM Resorts in the sportsbook industry, Jay Rude of uh, BetWorks, which is the sportsbook platform partner of the Elite Casino Resorts in Davenport, Larchwood, and Riverside that are sponsoring this podcast, and thanks to them. Now, joining me here... In the Gazette's podcast room is Tim Sullivan of Cedar Rapids, who, unlike me, is a comedian <laughs> and a professional one. And he also has a passion for this football thing, particularly the Iowa variety. So, hi, Tim. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Yeah, I've always been a pretty big fan. I mean, obviously, I don't have the complete sports knowledge that you have, but uh, uh, I've pretty much uh, been a comedian, you know, for 23 years now, and and. In the fall, I look at the uh, Hawkeye schedule, and depending on where they're at and uh, what time the game's starting, I decide whether or not I should accept a gig. So uh, I had to do that recently, check the game time of the Iowa State game. It was at 3 o'clock. I was like, all right, it'll be done by 6 or 6.30. Show don't start till 8, so yeah, I'll take that gig. <laughs> and if the Hawkeyes lose, will that sour your mood doing your show that night? It, you, yeah, it usually <laughs> does uh, sour my mood, but... Uh, <laughs> This year, it's going to be a lot different now that we have legalized sports betting because now I can put my money on the uh, team playing Iowa. So if they were to lose, at least I can get a little bit of compensation, feel a little better about myself if I pick up a couple bucks on the Hawkeyes loss. Uh, it's uh, an emotional hedge, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, how high are your expectations for Iowa? Uh, well, since it's Since nobody's played a game yet, Except for you know Arizona, I think that's the only team you, that can really be sad about themselves right now. I got pretty high expectations uh, for the Hawkeyes. I didn't have any I, honestly in uh, December, January. I didn't have very good expectations for the Hawkeyes. Everybody was leaving. It seemed like we had a lot of good players leaving, and uh, I was a little concerned, thinking this was going to be maybe a seven and five season, maybe a six and six and six season. But then I started looking at some of the players we have. Uh, coming back this year and they seem like they're almost better players than the ones that were losing so I don't know I'm kind of a homer in a way I guess I I could see I, well, I feel like we're going to Indy that's what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to put it that way uh, that's kind of a tall order yeah well uh, last year I think the reason for the disappointment was because it felt like last year should have been Iowa's year to go to Indy you it should have been but And we had a lot of close games that we should have won. We got the good players. But, um, you know, everybody's concern this year is the schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But that's the best part about why I think Iowa will be doing good this year is because they don't have to play in Indiana or a Maryland, a team that, you know, they seem to have trouble uh, getting up for. They get up for the bigger games. So uh, I actually am more excited when they play a good team uh, rather than when they play kind of a crappy team at 11 o'clock in the morning. I think in 2015 when they ran the table, everybody was concerned about the schedule. You know, the, they had hard road games or so it seemed. And if you're good, you're good. The home field doesn't really mean that much in college football. It's not basketball. Yeah, I feel like uh, it seems like that used to be like an old myth. And I, I don't know what happened in the world, but it seems like, uh, you know, being on the road doesn't mean as much as it used to anymore. Like you said, if you're good, you're good. The, the good Iowa teams always have that memorable road win too whether it's michigan or wisconsin or penn state you can always point to a game on the road and it seems like it's in the first month of the season where you say that's where you thought a light bulb flipped on well and uh i mean i'm kind of looking at you know they got those what is it the five uh road games against against ranked teams or whatever Mm -hmm. um so i kind of went through those and looked at them and and i feel like if iowa could get past the iowa state game um then they could I, I could see them having a, you know, ten and two year, or maybe even better, if they can beat Iowa State. If they don't beat Iowa State, I think probably the this is just my opinion. I think the lowest is uh, eight and four. Hmm. See, I I think that the Iowa State game is not going to mean anything in terms of whether they get to Indy or not. Mm, I don't think so. you're right. I don't think it's going to mean anything either. I mean. Um... It wouldn't. I mean, I know Iowa people don't want to hear this, but it wouldn't be any shame to lose at Ames. No, I was going to ask you. Do you think if, uh, you know, I mean, this sounds kind of weird, but let's say Iowa's only loss of the year was to Iowa State. We've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's say Iowa State, whether depending on however many they were to win or lose, they also get to um, the Big Twelve championship. Now, could you see a scenario where, let's say, Iowa State loses two games, whether they win or lose the Big 12 championship, Iowa only loses to Iowa State and ends up winning the Big 10 championship. Could you see a scenario where Iowa could make the uh, playoffs? I couldn't follow any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, here's what I think. that Whoever goes 12-1 and one this year in the Big 10, counting winning the Big 10 championship game, is going. I just I'm for, I think that there's different reasons. First of all, it means that you'll have beaten somebody really good in the championship game. It means that you'll have beaten other good teams, and it also means that I think that the college football playoff committee is going to be under some pressure to put a Big Ten team back in there if it's a borderline case. I don't think they can go another year without doing it, or else the Big Ten might secede from the union. Yeah. So you're saying no matter what, if a Big Ten team has one loss, there. yeah, I think so. I think so. Now. You know, who knows? If there's unbeaten teams in all four other conferences, okay, but that's not going to happen. That'll never happen. Yeah. Uh, this is the, – the trouble is in the Big Ten West is if you have four teams tying for the title at 6-2, and two, or 7-2, and two, I should say, nobody's going. I kind of did a little uh, thing when I was bored the other night and put up all the West teams, and I kind of went through their schedules and kind of looked through who they were playing the next game as far as Big Ten opponents, and – I kind of am a guy that kind of looks at, you know, like, well, who was it was saying they didn't believe in momentum, uh, row the boat uh, coach. P.J. Flat. Yeah, he was saying he didn't believe in momentum because they finished pretty good last year, and he was saying if we're living off momentum, we aren't going to, you know, that shouldn't be what we should uh, strive for. But I think sometimes there's some momentum 
from games. And then sometimes there's teams that have lost so much that they kind of get sick of losing at some point during the season, kind of like uh, Nebraska last year when they finally beat uh, Minnesota. They had lost so much that maybe possibly Minnesota was a better team at one point last year, but uh, Nebraska was bound to determine to win and they were going to win. Um, so I kind of did this weird thing anyway. So I looked at the schedule and I figured that Iowa could still go six and three, you know, in the uh, West. And, um, as long as those losses were to like Michigan and Purdue and one other, they, they would be in the, uh, they would go to Indianapolis seven and two. I feel like Iowa is guaranteed to go to Indianapolis. Hmm. If, if one of those losses is to Michigan, I think they would have a good chance. If yeah. they beat Michigan and lose all those games, yeah. if they lose two or three in the division, yeah. it's, I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves yeah. here, yeah. obviously. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what you do before the first game's played. Then the first game's played and everybody starts reevaluating everything. That, you're right. So that's why we kind of, you know, we started this, uh, the, uh, you know, what is, what is my opinion? And I think this, you know, the sky's the limit right now because nobody's played a game. Yeah. We come back here next week and talk about this and <laughs> – I just I, I look at the Big Ten West and I wrote this and I've said it. I'm not that impressed. You know, I know everybody's saying the West is on the upswing and so forth, and I think it is. I mean, look, Minnesota. Minnesota's getting better. Purdue two years ago was a graveyard, and now Purdue's a very competitive program. And you know, Wisconsin's Wisconsin. Northwestern's done what it's done. Everybody thinks Nebraska is going to be going nowhere but up, but I still don't see mm -hmm. any great teams among those. Uh, those teams yeah i mean yeah great yeah no if anybody's going to be a great team they're going to eventually show it but yeah there i don't think there is any great teams out of but i don't think there's any great teams on the uh, east side either i mean maybe maybe not yeah you, right now you can't convince me ohio state's a great team i feel like they kind of had a rough go at times a little bit last year they got a new quarterback starting this year that we don't know what the guy can do for sure and a new coach yeah and a new coach right yeah. and uh i'd be a little concerned next week with that cincinnati game i feel like uh luke pickles is going to be pretty excited to you know, sure come in there and play him so um but but the uh the thing is it's still ohio state five star four star players you know uh at some point talent does show yeah, and that I think that'll pick you up a couple extra wins a year, right? And then the rest of it is how good you gel as a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talent. You know, you could have a full, of, you know, great roster full of talent, but you know, if they're not gelling and they're not listening to the coach and they're not getting the schemes that you're playing, then you know, how good they're going to be? I feel like that's talent's worth a couple of wins a year. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well. Maybe even 13 or 14. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Alabama, right? But they got a lot more than just talent. They got... That's true. That's true. I mean, sometimes that gets dismissed. But uh, when you look at the last 10 years of recruiting rankings, uh, okay, Iowa is not playing in that league. Nobody in the Big Ten's playing in that league. I, Iowa's got its one five-star player in the last 15 years. And – Alabama and Clemson and Georgia are swimming in them. Yeah, and I mean, we always kind of wondered what would you know a team like Iowa be like in in the SEC, and I don't know if you could say Missouri is a comparable as to what would happen. Yeah, it's an interesting question, but I think that they'd be like what they are in the Big Ten. You yeah. know, I mean, and and uh, you know, good program, not a great program. So solid, well, consistent. You know, once every five years, leaps to the forefront. 
So I'm saying Iowa is going to do pretty well this year. I guess at this point in the year, I'm saying the worst they're going to be is eight and four. Um, and I think it's hard. I wouldn't say they would go undefeated in the regular season. That happens, you know, once a hundred years. But uh, I could see, you know, eleven and one, ten and two, if things fell right. If if they were to go eleven and one, who beats them? Yeah, probably Northwestern. You think so? Just some something like that, because I feel like Iowa. But I think we play better at Northwestern. I think I think Iowa plays better at Northwestern than they do actually at uh, Kinnick when they play Northwestern. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say that they would actually lose Northwestern this year. Yeah, I think it would be at Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually that's true. They the the whole narrative is going to change after the Iowa State game. But the thing is, is I feel like Iowa is going to be different. It's, they're acting like Iowa's offense is such a dinosaur thing. It's like the you know the option or the you know it, it, that we're like almost the only team that uh, runs that pro style. So uh, it's harder for teams to prepare now for Iowa. You're preparing for you know your defenses are preparing for different offenses now instead of Iowa's type. So I feel like that's what keeps Iowa in a game against Michigan. What about Saturday, Miami of Ohio, Iowa? Look, it's not. It's not a game that stirs the soul. It's yeah. it's a typical season opener. You bring in somebody, you pay them one point two million dollars, and uh, you give them a beating and show them the door. Uh, it's like I said, it's great that it's at uh, you know six thirty at night because when it's those eleven o'clock games, it's great for you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like that. We got a newspaper to put out here, fella. <laughs> but I had to cancel the show because it was a night game. <laughs> oh. <you know? laughs> but. You know, they got a thing now called TiVo. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I think it's great for them that it's at night just because sometimes those openers against some of those MAC teams, you know, it doesn't seem like they get real up and inspired. Yeah, that's true. In that's true. You know, and, by by 6.30, everybody in the in the house is fired up and ready to go. It, yeah. Those 11 a.m. season openers, you don't even sometimes forget to wake up. Yeah, and they say in the student section sold out for tickets, so – I feel like that's a, already a great advantage for. Have them. you been to night games down there? Yeah, it's a different world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, and it's going to be cool with the uh, new end zone, uh, north end zone. Yeah, I think so and, too. In the tunnel, I don't know how much that will show up on the uh, video screen. Well, It'll be cool. the, it will show up, and people will go cuckoo. Yeah, you know. But, well, what about this game? So uh, yeah, for the game though, uh, I, I here's the, what, now the number what, the last uh, the. Uh, as of Thursday afternoon at Elite Sportsbook, the Hawkeyes were a 22.5 point favorite. It's a lot of points. Yeah. I, yeah or nay? Well, yeah, I think they're going to cover that one. The problem is, is though, Kirk Ferentz ain't going to run up the score in the second half. And so I think a lot of the points are going to be up to score in the first half. And uh, depending on how the weather is, it might, it's possible it may rain. So that could slow things down a little bit. But I'm actually looking at the first half Iowa points. Um, I looked that up, and that's uh, there. If Iowa scores twenty point five points in the first half, and I'm, I was going to take the uh, over on that. So you're saying three touchdowns by halftime? Yeah. yeah. So they don't have to be up by three touchdowns; they just have to just score, score three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good. Um, here's I like finding these factoids. Miami, you'd have made some serious coin. Betting on Miami of Ohio last year, uh, they they covered eight of their last nine games. I th- I thought I read something like that. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Now uh, they were eight and four for the year. I think they but eight and one over the last nine. If you're riding them, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> Iowa 
has covered with ease in its last two season openers. They were a 12-point pick over Wyoming two years ago, one by 21. They were a 10-point pick over Northern Illinois last year, one by 26. So they came out of the gates firing in those season openers the first two years. You think that's what happened Saturday? Is yeah, that they... I think it'll be similar to that UNI game last year when it was also at night mm -hmm. uh, where they what they win by 20-something there. Yeah, it was handily. 38, 13, something like that. I can't remember the score offhand, but I know it was pretty handily. I feel like it's going to be something similar in that nature. I mean, I feel like, uh, although I will say this, I, I wouldn't put it past uh, Miami of Ohio to have that, uh, what's his name, Maurice, something or another. Yeah, Maurice Thomas to uh, return a kick. He's one of the top kick returners in the country. Hmm. He's like second day. I was reading something where they have uh, 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 Smith Marset as the first team kick returner, and this guy was a second team kick returner on a lot of uh, publications. What? Uh Iowa was good against the spread last year, by the way, too. They were eight and five, which is was as good as anybody. Something's got to give. Yeah. Uh, there, there's something called the money line, where all they have to do is win, but the odds are, you know, let's say it's if it's plus three hundred, you bet ten to win thirty. Okay, that means that you're an underdog. Uh, Iowa is. Uh, see if I have this right. It's it's eighteen hundred, which means you got to bet eighteen dollars to win a dollar. Yeah. Would you put eighteen dollars no. on Iowa to win the game to win a dollar? Uh, no, not at all. But I don't. Like now, now listen. If you've put ninety dollars on Iowa to win the game, you'd get back five bucks. <laughs> you can't get uh, a CD that's that good where you get five dollars back on ninety <laughs> in three hours. Yeah. I don't know. I may you make you make a tough argument there. I'm gonna be betting on that. After. Of course, the, the the bank doesn't say now if something goes horribly wrong, we keep your money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have to parlay that with something else to try to you know make it in my favor a little more. But so you're saying Miami, or, or excuse me, you're saying Iowa and lay the twenty two point five. I think yeah, I would have to do that. I could, like I said, I could see it kind of closing, and we win in by twenty twenty one. But I think we're going to cover that spread in the long run. But I feel like even a more sure bet is doing the twenty one in the Iowa scoring twenty one points in the first half. Okay, we might keep track of this. I am going to disagree, but I know that this Miami's going to keep the one point two million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, I don't blame them. I, you know, I finally because since the sports betting's here, I've I've never really been much of a sports better uh, going on. So I finally just to get ready for the college football season, there wasn't any games being played the other night. So I just did a quick parlay on uh, five baseball games and uh, put five bucks down on it. Um, and uh, just for educational, just to, purposes. yeah, educational purposes, see how it worked or how the thing looked. If it says you lost this one or whatever, just to. And it turns out I I got the I won the parlay I got all five really? teams right on the baseball and I'm not even a baseball real big baseball fan. You know, uh, I have a friend who works at a craps table in Las Vegas and he and uh, he says first time players win <laughs> and 
they probably shouldn't play a second time. <laughs> I think that's probably true. I can't remember. I'm not trying to discourage any <laughs> no. business here, but but you don't just walk around hitting five team parlays. <laughs> that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. I'm fairly new to the sports betting, and so uh, I'm pretty excited about it. But and I've been watching some different uh, sports shows where they say the parlays are like a sucker bet, and and uh, here I go. That was my first bet. First. Thing I've done on there, and uh, and I hit a five-team parlay, so wow. five bucks got me eighty-two dollars and thirty-five cents. That's better than a CD. Yeah, so that was better than that one-dollar bet you were talking about earlier. All right, when we come back, I'll talk to Jay Root of BetWorks, who knows this sports betting stuff as well as anybody on earth. He was a vice president of sport and race, race and sport, uh, for MGM Resorts for a quarter century, and uh, we'll be back with Tim after that. It's football season. Place your bets with Iowa's preferred sportsbook, EliteSportsbook.com. Resort club members, log in now and place your bets at EliteSportsbook.com or visit their casinos to place your bets. Not a resort club member? Visit Riverside Casino and Golf Resort in Riverside, Iowa, Rhythm City Casino Resort in Davenport, Iowa, or Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, Iowa. I'm joined now by Jay Rood, the Chief Risk Officer for BetWorks, which is the sportsbook platform partner of the Elite Casino Resorts in Davenport, Largewood, and Riverside, Iowa. Jay previously worked for 25 years with MGM Resorts in Las Vegas and was their race and sports vice president for over 10 years. I'd wager that almost nobody on earth knows more about the sportsbook industry than this man. Jay, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it very much. How are you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Now, there's there's quite a few people out there that uh, do what I do out here in Las Vegas, and uh, there's some legends out here that uh, I I look up to. But thank you for that. <laughs> um, before I ask anything else, I always want to know what the temperature is in Las Vegas. Oh, today I think we're going to hit about 108. It's been kind of a hot late August for us, which uh, I think all of us out here are kind of sick of the. The heat, we're, we're hoping to get below 100 here pretty soon. 108. Boy, that's uh, that's a concept that's kind of hard to wrap my mind around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an everyday occurrence. Uh, I, the thing I hate about it is, is the heat at night, you know. That's why when, when I was out there at Riverside and Rhythm City, um, you know, the evenings cooled down. It was nice. I made sure to get out and took a walk. But here, you know, basically from the middle of may early june till middle of september you know it doesn't get below 98 at at any time during the 24-hour cycle well as you know as well as anybody legal sports betting is a brand new deal here in iowa but you know i don't you know assume that anybody listening has been to a vegas sports book uh i know that a lot of people have but for people who haven't uh, what does a novice need to know yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that uh, walk into one of uh, Elite's properties and, uh, you know, wants to make a wager. And Elite's done a great job of uh, converting a couple of spots that they have the draft day lounges into uh, uh, a sports book for this upcoming season. And then, obviously, their mobile application that was launched this week as well, EliteSportsbook.com, uh, uh, is available uh, for folks all across the state. But, um as a novice, you know, I mean, uh, I always tell everyone the advantage that you have over uh, people like me and the bookmakers is that we have to uh, 
handicapped and we have to offer um, a myriad of things. You know, we have to offer all the games. We have to offer, um, you know, the Pac-12. We have to offer the Big Ten. We have to offer the Big 12, um, you know, the MAC, the Conference USA. So we have to put everything up. And obviously, you know, we do as uh, good a job as possible, and uh, we're pretty pretty close at it. And the, the sample size and the data that we gather is is key. But early on in the season, you know, there's there's going to be things where coaches have changed, players have gone. You know, that's that's when uh, I think the season is, is. You know, there's the number is at its weakest is when the sample size is not necessarily um, truly indicative of the team's capable performance. So. Uh, and, and then you can choose, pick and choose, right? You get to cherry pick what you want to bet. I have to put a number on everything. So, um, you know, if, if you are very focused into a certain conference um, that is maybe not a, you know, a big conference, the Missouri Valley Conference or something like that, uh, that doesn't generally draw the eye and the attention of the, the public, you've got an opportunity maybe to have a little more insight and a little bit stronger opinion than, than uh is out there, and then you might uh, uh, find a spot that's a little bit softer than others. I work every college football weekend covering games, so I haven't done the Las Vegas thing that time of year. Uh, for people like me who haven't experienced it, what is a, a regular season football weekend like in a sports book? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I've worked at uh, pretty much the biggest of the bigs out here, um, you know, MGM Grand. Uh, you know, it was where, uh, in Las Vegas, I cut my teeth. I worked at Caesars Tahoe's, um, uh, at the Mirage, you know, one of the original big, uh, the original big room sports book. And, uh, not a lot more exciting, uh, time of the year than during football in a, in a, a sports book in Las Vegas. Um, you know, I'm not a, a guy to go watch the events, uh, in, in person too much anymore. I, I enjoy the, the uh, the replay uh, aspect of it. I enjoy the uh, comfort level of uh, you know not having to fight the crowds and the parking and all that. And I I would say that if no one's ever been to Las Vegas or to a big a big book like that, you know that that's definitely on a bucket list. Um, but hopefully we're bringing that same excitement to you regionally there. And um, I would think that uh, the elite casinos are going to have um, something different to offer this fall. Uh, on their properties uh, from that aspect that uh, having a sports book on property brings, you know, you're going to be able to be invested with your teams uh, on the outcome of their performance. So, um, you know, the, uh, one of my favorite moments of all time uh, in a sports book is, uh, you know, the kickoff of the Super Bowl, the crowd's anticipation, you know, it's been two weeks since they saw football. And um, that's one of the biggest, uh, um, opportunities, uh, you know, for the crowd to just unleash all the energy that's been been, been uh, kept up inside of them for a couple of weeks. You know, in my line of work covering sports, and this is college football haven here, uh, Saturday is like flipping a switch. I mean, from, from non-college football season to, to football season, things just completely change. Is it like that in sports books? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, everything becomes a little bit more focused, and and uh, it definitely intensity level goes up. Um, I was uh, roaming around the internet this week to learn a little bit more about you, and I saw a story that involved didn't really involve him, but Andrew Luck was a 
sort of a, <laughs> a character in the story, and since he retired this week, or in the last weekend, I was wondering if you could relate a story from your sportsbook days about when he coached the Colts. Yeah, no, we had a, uh, I think it was, uh, if I remember right, it was when, uh, yeah, Andrew Luck took the took over the realm of the Colts, and uh, I believe uh, Peyton Manning was coming back to visit, and uh, uh, it was the, the game that Peyton came back for, and I believe Peyton was seven half point favorite with uh, with the, the Broncos at the time, and uh, we had a guy that approached the counter, and I was you know uh, relatively uh, new to the sports manager position at the Mirage, and um, you know probably thought I was a bigger deal than I really was at the time. And this guy walked up to the counter and he didn't look like he had a whole lot going on for him. And, um, you know, looked like maybe he spent the evening on the streets and he asked how much he could get on the Colts. And, you know, you get a lot of those questions. People always want to come up and see, you know, what the number is that you'll throw at them on, on what they can bet. And, you know, I said, I said, buddy, you can empty your pockets on the Colts. And uh, he he surprised me. He started pulling out uh, bundles, of hundred dollar bills, and he wanted two hundred thousand on the Colts. He started pulling this money out of a pretty beat up Walmart bag, and uh, yeah, it taught me a pretty good lesson at the time not to judge anyone uh, that's walking around in that environment uh, by their appearance uh, whatsoever. And uh, you know, we eventually I got a clearance from uh, my my direct report boss at the time, and we took the bet. And um uh the uh, Denver Broncos won by uh, seven he had seven and a half uh, came back collected his uh you know three hundred and eighty thousand dollars in cash shoved it in uh uh that Walmart bag plus uh, another one I think and uh, walked out the door and never saw the gentleman again I like to think that he uh did an Andy Dufresne with the Mexicans living on the beach somewhere you know the fact that he had $200,000 in a Walmart bag, doesn't something seem incongruous about that? I mean, it, it, uh, it would have been Gucci, maybe, or at least Saks Fifth Avenue. Well, he was working with what he had, you know. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he definitely wasn't presenting that uh, Rodeo Drive image. So the Walmart bag was very fitting. Yeah, I suppose it makes you less of a target, too. Yeah. Stories like that, I, I would think that you could take to a publishing house. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, a couple of guys out here. Like when I was talking about some of the legends out here, this guy named Chris Andrews, he just recently published a book. And um, uh, he's actually going through some uh, serious health issues. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of us guys have have some of those crazy stories. You know, I was working at the MGM during bike night on the, the Tyson Holyfield night. And, uh, um, you know, there's other other nights that were just as equally uh, as historic. And, you know, I was working the night that uh, Frankie Randall upset Julio Cesar Chavez as uh, almost an 11 to one underdog. And um, I was working the night that, uh, you know, Tyson got beat by Buster Douglas and that was a gigantic payout uh, for a lot of people. So um, my inventory and my product is the same, but it changes every single day. And that's what makes uh, sports betting such a great, a great thing, and I'm I'm glad that the folks of Iowa are going to get a chance to, you know, enjoy a a, a recreational uh, option for sports betting. Be invested in, you know, whether it be your, uh, you know, the Iowa Hawkeyes or the Cyclones or, you know, um, San Diego State Jackrabbits. I mean, San Diego South Dakota <laughs> State Jackrabbits, or 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 what it be. You know, um, you know the Jackrabbits uh, here. UNLV. We sort of plucked their coach. We've been searching for a coach. Uh, for a few years out here to, uh, 
to, you know, try and bring back the glory years of Tark and the boys, but, uh, uh, I know uh, that region, uh, in, you know, in Iowa and uh, surrounding regions is, is you know, sports uh, enthusiasts uh, everywhere. And I can't think of a better place uh, for sports betting to, to really be embraced. I think it will be. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And I originally miscommunicated the time that I wanted to do this with you. And you were incredibly gracious about it. So I'm, I appreciate that a lot, Jay. Not a problem at all. My world is, is very fluid. This look, forward, look forward to the next time. Okay, me too. Uh, that was Jay Root, Chief Risk Officer for Betworks, platform partner of the Elite Casino Resorts. And uh, I'll be back with Tim Sullivan in a moment. But first, this message from our sponsor. Looking for the perfect spot to watch the game? Place your sports bet and get a great burger and brew? Visit the Elite Sportsbook at Riverside Casino and Golf Resort in Riverside, Iowa. Or Rhythm City Casino Resort in Davenport, Iowa. Or Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, Iowa. For Iowa's preferred sportsbook, check out EliteSportsbook.com. Okay, back here with Tim Sullivan on the... It's still hard for me to say this. A Hlostradamus Odds Pod. Uh, even though most games involving FCS teams, and that's we're talking about Northern Iowa and their division, don't make it on the boards at sports books. I thought we'd talk about the Northern Iowa Iowa State game anyway for obvious reasons. Two teams from our backyard. Uh, the number that I've seen put on it is Iowa State by 19. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you and I, they like to play tough. They like to play Iowa State tough. Uh, I just don't know that that's going to be the case this year. Uh, I, would, I think I would pick Iowa State probably to cover that. I saw uh, Mark Farley, the UNI coach, said that this is no question. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but this is the best Iowa State team he's, he's faced. And now coaches are going to say things like that. But he's probably right. I mean, it just looks so good on paper when you look at their, you know, who, all the returners that they have and, and uh, what they did last year. Tom Manning uh, – Coming back, he yeah. he had what the top two passing offenses in Iowa State history, and now with Brock Purdy, that's that's one of the best quarterbacks he could probably have to uh, run his offense. So I think they're going to be more dangerous than those top two passing offenses that they had. And they've got defensive players. I mean, it's still hard for me. I mean, I'm not dissing Iowa State here, but it's still kind of a hard adjustment for me to say. Iowa State's got some really good defensive players. I mean, they've got a lot of them, veterans, as, as well as Mike Rose, the linebacker who's played one year but made his mark right away. But these guys, Jaquan Bailey and Ray Lima and Marcel Spears, think, Eisworth, they're really good. Yeah, do you think going into the season, would you, would you say Iowa State has the best defense in uh, the Big 12? That seems to be the consensus opinion, and I certainly don't claim to be a Big 12 Expert, I have enough trouble just keeping track of the Big Ten, you know. But, you know, the Big 12's rep as a defensive graveyard is, I think, it's well-deserved. So here comes Iowa State with this Ohio type of football that Matt Campbell brought in here. It's like, okay, forget all the uh, fireworks and explosions and, you know, everything else under the sun. Uh, here comes Mount Union. <laughs> you know, here, here comes a guy who lived in Ohio his whole life and learned from Ohio coaches, and we play defense in Ohio, yeah. you know. 
And so I, I think that it, it sort of was a, is quite a contrast to what some of these Big 12 teams are used to seeing. And the number they did on West Virginia last year over in Ames was stunning. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I, this, you have to be really excited if you're an Iowa State fan this year uh, going into the season. I mean, you have to, I would say you've got to be more optimistic even than Iowa fans this year uh, going into your season. I mean, you, I, I feel like this, if Iowa State could get by Baylor, that's going to be their real test, I feel, this year. If they show that they can, you know. That's like what, fourth or fifth game? Yeah, I think it's like right or game or two after the Iowa game. I should Iowa know game. this, I'm sorry. Yeah, something like fourth or fifth game. But I feel like that's the key to their year. I feel like them and Baylor are kind of looked at as, you know, roughly the same uh, type of team going into the year uh, as to what they can do. And if Iowa State can beat Baylor, I feel like things are going to set up pretty good for them. They'll build that momentum that P.J. Fleck didn't want to talk about. And uh, – and and having Texas at home with all the defensive uh, <laughs> uh, that they lost, I don't know. I'm not sold on Texas this year, so I could see Iowa State losing a couple games and making it to the Big 12 championship. Well, I'm, I guess I'm in that book, uh, that school that says I'm gonna believe it when I see it. I mean, these some of these teams that they play in that conference are still good programs, and going on the road to play some of them. There, it's not going to be. A, I've seen where the, I've seen people who are paid to be college football writers say that if Iowa State gets past Iowa, they could be nine and zero when they meet Oklahoma, Texas back to back. I, I don't know. If I might be in reverse order. I'm sorry. And it's like, boy, that's really. I'm, I don't know. I don't know that they're going to get past Iowa. But. Well, well, we don't either. I mean, but they're saying if. Yeah. That that potentially, you know, that they could put themselves in the that they could be in that college football playoff rankings conversation by the time November comes and here comes Texas and Oklahoma. And I'm saying, oh, you know, that's a lot. Yeah, but you, like I said, you got Texas at home and that's like November, right? That's yeah, but I mean, you still, you've, you've got teams like Texas Tech and West Virginia and you're going on the road to play some of these and TCU and it, it's, I mean, a, they it's should very be able hard to, to win yeah, every week. I, I know, but the, against West Virginia, if they, if they can't get past West Virginia this year, then then that's, you know, that ain't good for them because uh, I know it's just that you got to be good every week, and that's a hard thing for anybody to do. And do so, you look at uh, Brock Purdy as being somewhat of a, you know, more special quarterback than uh, someone like maybe since Seneca Wallace for Iowa State? Uh, potentially, sure. I mean, just boy, when when he came in cold last year. Never having played college football, never redshirted a year at Iowa State, and did what he did right away. It's like, okay, that's different. But then he sustained it. And, uh, you know, their offensive line has got to be better than it's ever been. But even though they lost Hakeem Butler, he's got receivers. They've got receivers over there. I think that Montgomery is going to hurt. I think they'll have some decent running backs coming in that will be pretty good before they're out of Iowa State. But – Montgomery's going to hurt him. What he had averaged, what was it like seven point seven yards a carry or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a special player, but you can replace running backs in a good offense. Yeah, you know, and and again, Campbell's. You know, I think they've got a couple freshman running backs they're high on. And while you're hearing about the guys who played a little bit, my, you know what, my guess is that by midseason he'll. Pull up some freshman, and it's like, oh, we got another one of these, <laughs> you know. So maybe maybe that's exaggerating, but 
Uh, well, that's why I think that Iowa Iowa State game's interesting because Iowa State plays you and I, and then they have a week off before they play Iowa. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think that's good. No, that's I, that's why I think it's good for Iowa. Uh, just having that week off, Iowa's already going to have played a conference game by then, so the intensity is going to be up in that game against Rutgers, and then and they'll have settled in. Yeah, and they'll have settled. They say, I mean, the old cliche is you make your most improvement between first and second games. And that is and what I Iowa will have done. Last year's Iowa-Iowa State game was pretty goofy just because it was Iowa State's first game of the year. Yeah. Iowa didn't really have any film on it. And I that was, hurt Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't hear them using it as an excuse, but it did. Yeah. Their offensive line was not what it needed to be, and they moved some pieces around right after that game and got better. But, uh, I mean, I think Matt Campbell, It's uh, he's – I mean, you couldn't have picked a better coach, you know, for them. I was a little bit – wondering about that when they first hired him but you know he's proven to me that he's not just out there to the old used to be as Iowa fans you would say like Iowa State was just out to beat Iowa and after that you know didn't matter what happened where you kind of get the feeling from Matt Campbell that it's not about Iowa it's about Iowa State now and and what he can get them to do instead of just beating Iowa and he's kind of proven that with what they've done in the Big 12 since then well I like uh, I'm with you I think Iowa State wins Saturday over you and I by more than the 19. It's uh, what I think. It's a, I think it's a pretty weak slate of games this week uh, across the country. It's there's I, I look for something to talk to that had some meat on the bone and yeah. nothing grabbed me. So, and then I guess you know it's like uh, showbiz. You you don't bring out the headliner right away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might know something about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, unless they unless they uh, you know you're. At a club, and uh, someone famous walks in, and they're like, "Give me the stage time before we bring out the." <laughs> you know, maybe then you got something good going. But uh, well, I, I was looking for a game that, you know, would be of great interest, and I didn't find any. So we'll pick a crummy game, uh, and I've chosen South Alabama at Nebraska just because it's Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. People like to talk about Nebraska. South Alabama is a thirty-six point underdog in Lincoln. Do you take them? Yeah, that's – I mean, it, South Alabama isn't that good. Uh, I think from what I hear – They're they not have, good. Yeah. <laughs> They're 36-point underdogs. Are, is this thing working? <laughs> I know. And it's. I mean, and it's hard to – it's hard to pick anybody to be 36 points. I think Clemson is that against Georgia Tech as well or whatever. And uh, they were or whatever against Georgia – they were against Georgia Tech. But it's hard to pick anybody um, to be – 36 points, but I think Nebraska is going to come out pretty fired up. Uh, they're going to want to prove all the hype. Uh, if I, I guess I'm if I'm putting that five dollars on there, um, yeah, I got to probably I probably got to do it. I probably got to pick them to cover the 36. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, for uh, even though it's a ton of points. And the word Alabama is in the name. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking to my dad about that game the other night, and he was like, uh, he just overheard my conversation. He's like, what? Nebraska is a 36-point favorite over Alabama? He goes, I don't know that much about football, but I was like, like no. Yeah, I just – but uh, they played four years ago in Lincoln, these two teams. The Huskers won by 37. Hmm. Well, I guess that's a good metric. And that Nebraska team went five and seven. None of this means anything, but hey, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, maybe it's a similar uh, situation. I mean, Nebraska would have an improved year from uh, last year. Yeah, so, so, so. I'll, I'll say they win by 37 yeah. again and, and cover by a point. Uh, the, the 
Plus, the, you know, the, the good people of Lincoln want to start out by seeing somebody get smashed. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're the, supposedly the, the most hospitable fans in the country, sportsmanship, nice things to say about the opponents, and I think they want to see some blood on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, they don't want to hold those balloons uh, too long. No, no. They, they've held them longer than they ever wanted to <laughs> in recent years. <laughs> okay, so... Now, what we'll do is we'll both pick our own lock of the week. Of all the games in America, what do you think is the one to play? Uh, okay, this, is, this isn't even – this is just a points total, I think, is my lock right. for the week. But I'm going to go with the uh, Oklahoma-Houston game, and the points total for that is 82.5 points, and I think it's going to actually be under 82.5 points. That's an extraordinary amount of points. I mean, 82 points. Well, I figure the score could still be 62 to 20, and you'd... you'd you win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, if you were to, to uh, make a min bet on this, how do you sit there and watch the game? Do you just yell fumble, fumble, fumble <laughs> on every play? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't think uh, Holgerson's going to have... Houston quite up and running like he has had his team, so I can't see them scoring the points that That's he used so to. That's so many points. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like with Oklahoma, uh, with Hurts, he's uh, somewhat of a runner, right? Yep. So uh, running takes a little longer to get downfield than passing does. They'll have four-minute scoring drives yeah. instead of three-minute. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if we can get enough of those chunks to heat it up, then uh, I think we can. The know, trouble just... is, is they've got to tackle it. <laughs> but it might actually be just that point five that it's actually under. That's what mm -hmm. I'm saying. It could All right. Be. I th okay. You you make a good case. I am going to take Ohio State and give twenty seven point five against Florida Atlantic. Uh, Urban Meyer's gone. I don't care. Uh, it's Ohio State against a team that went to Oklahoma in last year's season opener and lost 63-14. to 14. So they clearly they don't like bright lights, big stadium. Yeah. Uh, tough opponent. And that Florida Atlantic, now, that's not – I always get those two, Florida International and Florida and Atlantic. You could throw a blanket over the two. And it don't matter. And, and why don't you? You would still put the same <laughs> spread on it, right? <laughs> no, they're both down by Miami. Florida Atlantic's in Boca Raton, which is – the what I always understood to be a, a retirement community. So how good could oh, they really be in college I mean, football? I got to get down there for that game day atmosphere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a bowl game in that town, and it's it's and then right after that at, at four o'clock they have dinner. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the Buckeyes in non-conference games just torture teams. I mean, if they're playing, you know, that level of team, they average. 52 points against non-conference teams last year. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be more of the same. They live for this stuff. You know, you bring in an intimidated team, uh, 100,000 people, you dot the I, and then you brutalize them. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. And then you get everybody excited, like, look what Ohio State can do. Yeah. And then next week Cincinnati rolls in. You're That's, like, oh. Cincinnati <laughs> is not going to be any different. <laughs> they'll be better, but they're not. No. We'll no. see what the point spread no. is on that by next week. Uh, one thing I wanted to say on a promotional note before we close this is uh, at thegazette.com, I've got a story on A.J. Epineza of Iowa, the preseason All-America defensive lineman. Gazette photographer Jim Slozerick and I went down to Edwardsville, Illinois last week and spent several hours with his father and people who know him. Uh, 
his brother, his, his mom, former coaches, people in the community. And we've got a story about it at thegazette.com. So I hope people will take a look at that. And check all the gazette.com coverage of Iowa and Iowa State football this weekend. A lot of good preview stuff's up there. And so wraps this week on this podcast with Tim Sullivan. Thanks, Tim. Hey, thanks, Mike. Yeah. And we'll see you from downtown Cedar Rapids next Friday. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.